0: This week on The Pod, we're excited to dive into ISTE Educator Standard 3, Citizen with Nancy Watson. Before we jump into the episode, here's Ashley with the Nerd Alerts.
1: Join us for a collaborative online experience as we read, learn, discuss, and share ideas from Gail Allen's book, The New Pillars of Modern Teaching. This, our third iteration of the book study, opens January 29th and closes April 30th. You may choose to finish the book study in a weekend or extend your learning over a few months. We are also accepting proposals for Region 10's annual technology conference until March 2nd. Our keynote will be John Spencer, co-author of the books Launch and Empower. You do not want to miss it. Join R10 Tech and the iTech team for the Texas Impact Lab with Google for Education. It is a 12-month professional development program with the goal of creating local capacity and empowering educators with new abilities, strategies, and best practices. Additional information can be found in the show notes.
0: I first met Nancy in real life while waiting in line at the airport for a flight to Denver to go to ISTE. When I see her on Twitter, the tweets usually include hashtag digsit. So when Ashley, Al, and I started planning for a deep dive into the ISTE educator standard of citizen, I said, we need to invite Nancy Watson as our guest. When we started looking at her work and her accomplishments, we discovered we are even more fortunate to have her as our digsit expert in one of nancy's recent blog posts she even said it takes somebody really nerdy to feel so energized about this topic of digital citizenship so here's nancy actually in our studio with us welcome to our podcast nancy i'm flattered to be asked thanks for having me so to get started just give us a little bit about your background and your educator journey
2: A hundred years ago, I started out as a preschool teacher, and I did that for a long time, and it seems like that takes a lot of energy now, but uh, when my kids started kindergarten, they had a wonderful librarian at their school in Richardson ISD, and I decided that was what I wanted to be when I grew up. Mm -hmm. So I went to library school, and I was a middle school librarian for six years or so, and from that job, I was able to get my position currently that I have as an instructional technology specialist in Plano. And I am about to start my 12th year, which I can hardly believe things have really changed a lot in the last decade or
0: so. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. What, what a difference in over a decade of the technology world.
1: Well, I mean, and looking at the work that you've put into being a instructional technology specialist. One of the things that I found um, fascinating and so impressive was your Click program. So I would love for you to tell us all about that, how it started, how has it grown. Well, Click is my baby,
2: and I'm very proud of, of uh, where that has started and where it's come to now. I started a second master's degree at Lamar University, and they use in this program that I was in the COVA model, which stands for Choice ownership, voice, and authenticity. And early on in the program, each student is encouraged to select a passion project. And because I've always been interested in digital literacy and digital citizenship, I knew that I wanted to have some kind of um, an avenue for students to be able to contribute content and things that would help not only other students, but maybe teachers to learn more digital skills. CLICK is an acronym for Collaborate, Learn, Instruct, Create, and Know, and it's a website of student-created technology tips, and there are about 85 tips on there now, and I'm I'm just tickled pink about how it has gone. It was also my uh, Google Innovator project, so that was what allowed me to go to London last year to um, participate in the Google Innovator
1: Academy. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And I would—I just want to read from, your, um, from the Click website your philosophy and rationale, the big, hairy, audacious goal. I love the way you put that. And it is to improve digital literacy for all community members through the creation of a website of students-created tutorials. The project also provides opportunities for students to create content and contribute positively to an online space. And we'll put the link to... Um, your the site in our show notes for sure. I love that you can have, anyone can contribute to it.
2: Right. I just actually started featuring uh, one a couple of days ago that was from a student in California that I found online and, and uh, was able to connect with her dad on Twitter. And um, so now we have people from outside our district. So... Um, I talk to teachers every day in my role as an instructional technology specialist who do not possess basic digital skills, and I really wanted to have an opportunity to put in touch with, um, to have students be able to create content for other students who might not have a teacher that was in a position to teach those skills. So it's been a, it's been a very fun fun project for me, and I've really enjoyed uh, seeing it grow. its fantastic.
0: Well, we also know so much, or what we hear in our roles is that the kids can use technology for Snapchat or for texting, but they may not be able to use it for learning. And so I know one of your goals is this is also just a place for not just the teachers, but a kid, very kid-friendly to contribute. So,
2: Right. I think a lot of teachers um, have that quote-unquote digital native thing with their kids where they think that their kids really know a lot more than they do. Mm -hmm. And when I have the opportunity to go into classrooms, uh, I see that for myself that oftentimes students think they know things, but they maybe don't know the most efficient way to do things. And maybe the teacher is not able for whatever reason to help the student out. So this was my way to put students who do know those skills in touch with students who might not have technology at home or who might not have other opportunities to learn those skills.
1: Awesome.
0: Well, a side question. Um, The COVA um, model of your um, grad school program, I have not heard that before. I haven't either. Um, So tell me again what the acronym stands for.
2: Yeah, it's Choice Ownership Voice and authenticity. And they um, encourage you to pick a project that is that you're passionate about. And that was, some people did um, professional development things, some people did flipped learning, and this was my project for that. And I think it's two professors in particular that are sort of promoting that particular acronym. They may be at TCEA.
0: Well, it just seems like, well, that should be a model that all of us follow in education on everything that we do. And we talk about choice and voice a lot. But Mm -hmm. And
2: and I like that they model so well what they're hoping that educators do in their classroom. It was a really great experience for
1: me. Well, and that is something that we say all the time that we should create experiences for teachers. Um, Those learning experiences should look like what teaching in the classroom with students should look like, yes. I didn't say that very eloquently at all, apologies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking about modeling and what it should look like in the classroom, what does it look like for educators to model digital citizenship? Since that's one of your passions is helping educators make this a part of their everyday world. What are some things that educators can do?
2: Well, I like to encourage educators to think of digital citizenship as sort of a mindset rather than a discrete lesson or a unit that they're going to cover. Um, I think a lot of people think in terms of digital citizenship as, well, we had the the special guest come for an assembly back in September. <laughs> or you had some digital
1: citizenship day. We had digital or
2: citizenship week. day or week or um, maybe, maybe it's not talked about at all. And- when people think about digital citizenship, the most typical response is, "Well, we don't want kids to cyberbully." And there's a lot more to digital citizenship than that. So I'm trying to get teachers to just sort of think about it in terms of more than just um, a lesson that you might do when you have time for it, but rather something that's talked about all the time um, and, and every day. My sort of mantra is. Every teacher, every classroom, every day should say something about digital citizenship. And it does not have to be a long lesson. It doesn't have to be something that's completely separate from other things that are happening in the classroom. But just to sort of weave it in naturally, it could be if you're um, a secondary teacher, to say, hey, um, I'm gonna be watching for something positive that you do online, and when I see it, I'll tweet that out. That took me less than five seconds to say that. Or for um, an elementary teacher, maybe it's, I noticed that you did something really kind for that student, would you mind if I share that on our class Twitter? Those are, those are tiny little lessons that would add up to a big impact over the course of a student's life. So um, that's, my, that's my big thing. But I'm not going to discourage anyone from doing any kind of lesson because I think doing something is better than doing nothing at all for digital citizenship.
0: Do you think that's um, taught widely enough in our schools, digital citizenship?
2: No, I think we need a huge... push on professional learning for digital citizenship because I think teachers really do not understand it. They have not had an opportunity to, to maybe learn about it, and they have so many other things to think about. Right. So when they think about, oh, great, I have to do one more thing now, I would love to see some professional learning around how you weave this in, and it really doesn't have to be seen as, oh, great, just one more thing to do.
0: Well, and I love your mantra because I think that those everyday little tiny comments, don't forget to cite your sources or make sure you ask permission to post. You know, we just took a picture in here as a group and we had to all give it approval before we are using our picture. And so a little bit of modeling for digital citizenship there. Exactly.
1: And those things like that just really don't take a long time. Right. Yeah, they really don't. You're right. So... In this first episode of season three, we've decided to pick at least one question that we're going to ask all of our podcast guests, and it is this. How has a failure or a parent failure set you up for later success, and do you have a favorite failure of yours?
2: My favorite failures were any time when I was new in this role and the technology would be an absolute disaster, (laughs) and I think that that is something that anyone that is in instructional technology can relate to. because. Because invariably, I would think that I had everything all set up, and then the internet would go down, or I couldn't find my PowerPoint, or the flash drive that I thought I had grabbed was actually the wrong one, and it had pictures of you know my mother on them <laughs> or something. So, um, so over the years, I've just learned to laugh that off, and it actually gives me an opportunity to model for teachers what they do in their classrooms when the technology doesn't work, because it goes down for them mm-hmm. sometimes too sometimes they'll have something great planned and it just does not go the way they thought so i just laugh it off and i say hey i bet this
1: has happened to you and mm-hmm. and move on and i think maybe that's probably one of the biggest reasons teachers are hesitant to use technology in their classroom is because of that piece i would agree with that one bad experience sometimes can, can, you for life. can <laughs> a, well or can
0: can prevent you from wanting to try again Absolutely. so if you don't
2: have that that failure is okay kind of mentality. Yes.
0: Well, I was recently in a session and something like that happened to me and someone said, I am so glad to see that you (laughs) had a fail there because everything always looks so smooth. And I said, I guarantee it is not.
2: (laughs) It, it, It. The times when it looks smooth, it's not because that just accidentally happened that way. (laughs) A lot of times it's because I've already done the thing many times or it just it it, it was just a lucky day that the technology worked. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Well, back to another um, digital citizenship question. Um, What do you think it looks like for educators to make positive, socially responsible contributions I think
2: all teachers can really do a great job modeling for their students if they have a class Twitter account or if they have a class Facebook page, anything, anything on social media that they can do to say, this is what you do. I think we spend a lot of time telling kids, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And no student is going to react well to that. And if you think about it, the very first education class that most of us talked uh, had was talking about classroom management and how you don't just tell your students don't put your books on the floor you tell them put your books in your desk you try to to turn it around so that it's something positive so i also like the the driver's ed analogy you would not just show the the smashed up cars and the bloody bodies in a <laughs> dig, in a in a driver's ed class you right. have to show them how you do do the things. So I think modeling for students what good digital citizenship looks like is really imperative.
0: So do you have a specific example? So if a teacher listening um, is like, okay, what can I do tomorrow? Is there something you could think of for how they could model that? A a teacher in Plano actually
2: is doing that right now. She is uh, weaving some digital citizenship stuff into her lessons, and she tweeted to one of her former students who is now a a track star, either in college or beyond. I can't quite remember, but she said, I just want you to know that I'm teaching my students how to look for positive profiles, and yours is going to be one of the ones that I show them. And he tweeted back to her, that's really awesome that they're sitting in my same seat and and learning about that from you, and I remember you as a great teacher or whatever. It was a really lovely exchange.
0: Nice. Well, that is so important that the students do see. What does it look like for um, a good profile, a good online presence? And um, it is important to find those models. So. Absolutely. Well, um, we know that you're involved with More Than Click, and we know you've got a lot of ISD connections, um, and you've got your sit um, Snaps uh, oh, we've yeah. seen. So w- brag about yourself oh, a little bit. I have
2: a lot of hash- Yes. I just started a new one today. So, Dig Sit Snaps is um, a hashtag that I thought up when I saw Tara Martin's uh, Book Snaps. Yes, love those. And I th- a lot of people are familiar with those. And Dig Snaps has not caught on quite the way Book Snaps has, but I'm, I'm patient. I'm, I have a good feeling about it that mm-hmm. it will take off one of these days. So, uh, I- anytime I see something positive online, I try to teach myself a little something more about Snapchat. And that's one that I'm really not very. Good at yet, but uh, I try to try to um, make a little picture of it and and put a comment about why this is a, a di- digital citizenship, you know, thumbs up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The one can that you I- give,
0: I'm sorry, could you give an example of something that you've snapped? I can look up the hat. Uh,
2: the, the one that I did today, a, a friend of mine was re- responding to my new hashtag that I thought up today, which is state of mind, because that's that's <gasps> kind of my my shtick. But um, he said something about. Um, Uh, they'll always be able to get around the filter or, you know, it's not just about rules and and shutting things down. And so I thought, you know, kids really need more than just, um, you know, removing the technology. They need they need lots of experiences in practicing.
0: Absolutely. So true. Okay. And so your sit state of mind hashtag? That, that's
2: brand new as of today. So <laughs> uh, I love my PLN. Twitter is has been such a great thing for me, as I know it has been for so many educators. And I uh, sent a direct message to, I, I think about 30 people that I have known from various places and said, Trying to do this thing for TCEA, would you please complete the sentence? I have a hashtag digsit state of mind because, and I've gotten some wonderful answers, so uh, that will go in my poster session <laughs> at TCEA. So,
0: Well, talk to us about that. What is your poster session?
2: Well, oddly, it's <laughs> co- <laughs> it too is called uh, Cultivating a sit State of Mind, mm-hmm. and it will be just trying to give educators lots of different opportunities and examples of how they can do dig sit in their classrooms. So using some of my hashtags and some of um, just some other ideas that I have. Digital citizenship in two minutes or less is is another one. So very
0: important topics, it sounds
2: like.
1: I hope. That's great. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. And we'll have
2: candy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great. Well thank you so much for being here, Nancy. What a
2: delight. Well, it's been great. So much fun. Thank you so much again for having me. I've really appreciated being able to to share with you.
0: So before we close, are there any other um, events or things you'd like to share or talk about and brag about? What's going on?
2: Well, I am the co-chair this year for ISTE's Digital Citizenship PLN, and I would like to let people know that we have a Twitter chat the third Thursday of every month. And we've also been trying to feature a digital citizenship champion every month. So one month it's been a student, and then the next month it's been an educator. And I've gotten some, gotten to know some people that um, I haven't known before and some people that are doing great things in the in the digital citizenship world but maybe haven't had a lot of press about that before. So it's been particularly fun to see the students and what they have to say about digital citizenship. So, oh, what
0: a great perspective. So, um,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, you can maybe put that... Um, that link in in the oh, chat yes. notes as well, too, yes. so people can take take a look at that.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, how can people connect with you if they want to find out more about your work, about Click, about the um, all of your hashtags? <laughs> What's the best way to connect? Um, I am Nancy W.
2: Tech pretty much everywhere. So Twitter, Nancy W. Tech, nancywtech.com. And um, I'd, I'd appreciate connecting with anybody that's interested in digital citizenship, and I'll talk your ear off.
0: So. Oh, <laughs> that's great. We, we need those conversations, I think, more and more in our, in our schools and districts. So thanks again for being here with us, and we really appreciate your time, and it's been fun to learn more with you. Well, you. Thank you.